1: This mock draft Monday, we are comparing the Texans and the Rockets and doing our mock drafts. All that and more on this edition of the Bullpen. Well, hello and welcome to the bullpen. I am James Roy, and as always with me is Tom Chavaria. Tom, how are you doing this Mock
0: Draft Monday? I'm good. I'm good. I just literally got done watching the NBA All-Star game. It's the midway point for them. So, you know, kind of take accountability, take stock. Uh, Interesting. I don't know if you saw any of the festivities with Dame Lillard and Steph and and Sabrina Ionescu. I I wish I I knew how to say her last name. Yeah, I'm bad with the two... A lot of great shooting. Um, the All Star Game is a little wild. I, I definitely would not tell anyone to go watch it. I'm I'm just a sports right. nerd like that. It's the worst one of the group, in my opinion. Yeah, Baseball, and there's football, nothing you basketball. can do to fix it. No, there really
1: is. The NFL made it a flag football game. What, what do you? How do you make it a flag basketball game? I mean, half court. <laughs> yeah, I mean, make it a pickup game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, it, and it does the same thing. You you emphasize the mini game side of it, like the NFL has, because the offensive linemen ha- and defensive linemen have basically been cut from the NFL Pro Bowl, but they like add those games to make it fun for them. So you just make it a three on three pickup basketball game, and that actually would be a great idea. I, I would simple, I
0: would be there for three on three, you know, maybe like a best of five, and then you rotate them in and
1: out. Yeah, something like that. It, oh, yeah, you could make it like two eleven. Yep. You could you could even make it to where you you make it like the normal West East All Star Game where you have like the West East All Star teams and then you can just break it into teams of three and and conduct it like a tournament. I like that. That that did we just watched, fix the NBA All Star Game? I think
0: I think Silver, if you're listening, the
1: bullpen's got That's you. It. We're on a Texans podcast fixing the NBA All Star Game. Wow can't believe it. I didn't expect that to happen so quickly. I was like, I didn't even have that idea before we started. Nope. (laughs) Now, we were talking about the Texans and the Rockets before we started. Um, And then that's fun because uh, I'm not going to lie. I don't have NBA League Pass, so I don't get to watch as much Rockets basketball as I'd like to. I I keep up with the discourse uh, over Twitter. Tom is our resident expert. He's been watching every Rockets game all season. He bleeds red. You know, he's just—I mean, we all bleed red, but he like bleeds like rockets red. Man, I made a big deal about the Texans colors with like the liberty white and uh, deep steel blue, battle red. I do not know what the official name is for the Rockets colors. Uh, Do you? If it's not rockets red, they're doing it wrong. I know, right? That that alliterates. It makes sense.
0: Yeah, that's like love you blue. You need like like those are iconic. You know, rockets red should be a thing.
1: I think it should. I think it should. But we were talking, and and I'll start with this. So I think Tom made a really good point in our discussion, and that is this. The Texans and what they did with drafting in, you know, in the 2023 draft and what they did in the 2023 season, I feel like it's kind of disillusioned a lot of other fans, particularly Rockets fans, um, in terms of expectations for a team. And I also think the early parts of the Rockets season kind of set up fans to believe, oh, we're here, we did it. The, the, the talents here, the Rockets have done really well. They've accumulated a lot of young talent, a, a really great potential young core. But it's just on the court, it's not showing up in the same way that it did for the Texans. I mean, Tom, what do you think the disconnect is between these two things?
0: It's really, I think, unfair what the Texans have done to to other Houston fan bases. They've, they've really set the bar really high. And when you look at the Rockets, you look at what they were able to do in the draft, They they hit. They hit on some amazing talent. They've got some, I think, generational young talent pieces that they can build around. However, I feel like the the the, the disconnect is you saw CJ Stroud, you saw Tank Dell, you saw these guys take this team from three wins to the division to a playoff win, and the and the sky's the limit, where the Rockets have kind of been floundering in mediocrity with their young talent. And, and the NBA, I think, is just a totally different animal. But I think, you know, it's it's still important to hit on your draft picks in the NBA. I think how fast that trend, that correlates into wins isn't the same.
1: Yeah, and and to get to it, uh, so in our discussion, I, I point out that I think the deeper issue, right? Once again, I'm going to preface this because I don't want anyone to think that I think I'm a Rockets expert. I follow the team um, and due to my, you know, f- you know, financial and, and uh, you know, and the, the access to the game and, and regional stuff, um, I I don't exactly watch as many Rockets games as I would like to, just from box score watching, it, you and from watching Twitter, it would seem that a lot of the issue la- lies with Jalen Green. We, we've seen a lot of discourse around him, particularly as a player, and I must say, I think that Jalen Green has the potential to be an incredible NBA player. And I think that with time, he he could be one of the most important pieces on this team, but it's hard to see it right now. What do you think? Just looking at how he developed, do you think that there's any reason that Steven Silas or like how he was handled, it was his development mismanaged in a lot of ways?
0: I see, and and I really feel like I I made the comparison in our conversation to Derek Stingley Jr. Derek Stingley Jr., third overall pick. Was, was thought to be this amazing shutdown corner. And between injuries and just really, I think, being in the wrong scheme, people were calling him a bust. People looked at him very differently. They did not think he had the talent. Sauce Gardner's over there doing things in New York with the Jets, and they're going, he was there. You could have had him. You chose Derrick Stingley Jr., And I feel like Jalen Green is along the same lines. Jalen Green comes out, flashes potential, obviously does amazing things in the G League, gets highly drafted. But now you start to look at him and he's starting to get coached a little differently than he was before, where it was basically like a pickup game. Steven Silas, I think, got a really raw deal, a la some of the Texan coaches, in that he was brought in to manage a totally different situation. It was not with the idea like, Hey, I want you to go win. I think that if they won great, but I think really it was just to kind of steer the ship to get through the muck. A lot of people forget that, you know, or maybe they don't forget, but they don't talk about enough that David Cully and I, I keep struggling with the other coach. Who's the other coach I'm missing? Love, Love, Love you, Smith. you Smith. Thank you. Who, who who needs a who needs a a, a statue built somewhere? Yeah. Those guys were brought in and handsomely paid to steer the ship. The Texans were in financial hell. They had tons of bad contracts. They're the, the 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 they had players that they needed to get rid of. And I think now you see where the Texans are in a fantastic situation with the cap. They're in a fantastic situation with young players, and they're they're they're. they're moving in the right direction. Everybody feels like they can go sign anybody in free agency. The Rockets are a year away from that. And people are like ready for them to win now because they went out and got Fred Van Fleet. They went out and got Dylan Brooks and felt like, hey, with, with Ime Udoka, there's a chance that this could look a lot like D'Amico Ryans. NBA, NFL, two totally different animals. I think the NBA, there's just too many things that the stars are there, that five one five. You've got you've got your 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 guys that are gonna be there every year. It's really hard to break through that ceiling. Well, the NFL, you know,
1: any given you can, Sunday,
0: any given Sunday, and um, I think that's that's something that I want to preach to all my Rocket fans is that I think if you look at the Texans a year before they got there, that's where I feel like the, the Rockets are, and they've got tons of draft capital. They've got tons of salary cap capital that they can go and do something add a third max player. And I think that's something that, that, you know, in two years, we may be talking about one of the best sports cities in all of America because the Astros are still the Astros. The Texans are where the Texans are going and the Rockets could be right there. And Oh, don't forget the dynamo are also very good as well. I don't want to leave my soccer guys out. Big, huge dynamo fans. Well. I
1: don't know with recent news about Franco Escobar. I don't know if I'm ready to talk about the,
0: the GM came out. Kabosh saw that on Twitter about an
1: hour ago. Oh, yeah, no, that was um Asher. What's this? Yeah, he came out. Okay, yeah, yeah. it's still, still uh, the injuries. A lot going on with the Dynamo. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. That's for sure. But I think that you speak to the point that I think in my mind, having watched. So obviously, I entered the world when the Rockets won their last championship. For those of you who don't know, um, literally happening in parallel with that. So that 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 success. I, I just was missed it like a you know trains passing in the night, uh, but most of what I know for Rockets basketball is is the James Harden years where you know James Harden is the superstar and then there's other good players other role players other a roster built to succeed with James Harden playing Harden ball and everyone else stepping up. I mean even with, with Chris Paul two superstars you know stepping up and playing really good basketball and contending, and then we get what we have now with the Rockets which is really great developmental pieces, really, you know, some great players that could be really good. Um, but there's just a lack of a superstar. And so, I mean, I, I look at it and I think one of the big reasons why I understand the discontent with what's going on is, is at some point it it, to contend in this league, I feel like the rockets are going to have to package one or two of these pieces that a lot of people think are core pieces. There's really probably three core pieces in this group. There's a lot of great young talent on this team, but at some point, you have to package that and these draft picks, which, by the way, as time passes, are getting fewer from Brooklyn, uh, to, to go and pursue a, a game-changing all-star player. That or you draft one, and I, I, I'm telling you, playing the lottery, literally, quite literally playing the lottery is what you are doing when you when you try and hope and pray. I, I'd say that two of the better players the Rockets have acquired in, in the draft have come after pick 15. I'd say three of them, Tari Eason, Cam Whitmore, and Alperen Shingun all came outside the top 10 uh, later in the draft. And so the, the bet of like, oh, well, Brooklyn's picks are going to be top five. It's like, yeah, but how many top five picks in the last few years like were guaranteed stone-cold stunners, like superstars, just outright great players. And so you get that guarantee when you package all that stuff and sell that potential to someone else for something that's ready to win right now. So, I, I mean, that's where I'm at with it. I mean, what do you think about that train of thought? I think that in the
0: NBA, it's it's a little different. I think every year somebody gets their hand on a guy that maybe fell two or three spots or something like that, and he becomes a stud. I mean, it, it, and then you have guys that, that it takes them a couple of years to get there. So... The NBA, I think, is, is is little apples to oranges with the NFL. By your logic, the Texans should trade the number one pick that they have this year to try to go the get. NFL
1: and the NBA are not the same thing.
0: I though. know that's my point. So that's why I can't I can't put those two together. I still think they can go out and draft young talent. I still think they can, like you said, they could trade trade it if they see fit. For me, I think that right now with the core that they have, I really feel good about Doka getting year two. Everybody forgets this is year one because he's just such a steady hand, such a calm influence. You see him; he, he's everything advertised by Ime's ability to coach. 100. I think he's a great head coach, and I think he will have these guys. I think they have their star in Operation Goon. I believe he is a budding star, a la a la, uh, Jokic, like like they talk about. And then you look at some of the some of the talent that we've talked about with Cam Whitmore and Amon and Thompson, I think they can obviously be their way. The thing with Jalen Green is that I think, like Derek Sinley Jr., I think like Kenyon Green, I think it's too early to write the book. You know, like, I feel like over time, he's flashed. He's flashed. He's had some great games. He had a triple-double recently. So to say that Jalen Green can't be part of this core, a la Kenyon Green, who some people are ready to be done with, I think that that's just something you got to let cook. Can you agree? Another young guy, another guy that says uh, just barely old enough to buy a drink. And when you have that, it's kind of like, maybe I should pump the, what was I doing at 21? I definitely wasn't trying to lead a franchise, you know? So,
1: it, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I, I looked today and I saw something that showed that Patrick Mahomes was born in September of 95, which is after I was born. I'm older than Patrick Mahomes. And so I, I have to, when I was younger, I was always like, "Those guys are so, you know, up there. They're they're past me in age. I couldn't imagine what they're going through. And now I can. I lived it. And so I have to go back and I have to to have that grace. Every time that someone talks about Alperin Shangun's age, I'm like baffled at how young he is and how much he has done in the, in the NBA already. Granted, some people might not. I I don't. It depends on who you are. I think what he's done has been incredibly impressive. I, I the only jersey I have bought recently is Alperin Shangun's jersey because I that's a guy that. I can get behind, but I, so I think there's just a lot of parallels between these young teams, but there's just different results. The last thing I'll say is that I, the comparison between the two different drafts, like the NFL draft, the Texans are picking 23 and I have full confidence. They'll find a starter at 23. I have full confidence. They can find two, uh, at least one starter, two is possible with their current draft positions. Everything else is just, you know, depth. You're looking at free agency, which they are very well equipped to build, uh, fill other starting roles with. And so it's just, to me, it's not the same thing. There's two rounds in the NBA draft. Some teams like the Spurs luck out and and, and get like, you know, second round talent like Imhanyu Ginobili and turn it into someone who contributes uh, incredible things for the entirety of their. Or they get lucky and get the number one overall pick like they have three different times, which is a whole nother topic. But. There's very few things that are guaranteed. People were talking about Scoot Henderson like he was, you know, up there with Wemby, and like someone might take Scoot over Wemby. Like and there was very few people having that conversation. But at the end of the day, the NBA, I feel like their top five is not quite as solidified in most drafts. Right? There's there's obviously that give and take because there's been plenty of top fives in in NFL history. When you look at that draft, you look at the whole first round and you go, dang that was just a wasteland with no talent and that has happened before. But at the end of the day, I, I feel like the NFL it's, I, I don't want to say easier. I don't know if that's the right word, but it is, it is a, a little bit easier in my eyes to find talent in the NFL with the way the draft is structured at that top part. Whereas in the NBA, I don't feel like that's the light, which is why in, in the Texans case, I am not thinking like, let's trade our future and, and go ahead. Cause like, I view the draft from the Texans' perspective, no matter what, with the way the roster rotates, that first-round pick should be likely to at least be a high-level backup and definitely possible to be a starter at some point. And there's a lot of developmental talents that happen in the first three rounds that can immediately contribute. And and hitting later in the draft is is also more likely because there's just more draft. But with the Rocket situation, the NBA draft is just such a hit or miss. I, I feel like the odds of getting that superstar guy that's going to be that, you know, you have Alperin Shingun, you need like a super superstar, like at a position that's not center that, I mean, you could bet on Alperin Shingun becoming the superstar that we all know he can be, but I, I, I'm rambling at this point. So I'm going to catch myself. I'm stopping the train and I'm going to say, do you have anything else to say about comparing the Rockets and Texans before we go ahead and do our mock drafts? I'm going to preach the same thing
0: about the Rockets that I preached about the Texans. Be patient, be patient, be patient. The biggest, the most important thing is that they've got good coaching. I feel like both of them have good general managers. And when you have that, you're able to shift and move and make adjustments to work around your your young talent, which I believe the Texans are going to do in this draft, which I believe the Rockets are going to do without French and All
1: right. Those are some wise words from my much wiser if we're basing it on years on this planet, much wiser co-host, and then I, I mean, I did very wise words. So, <laughs> thank you, Tom, for that. For for reeling me back in when I get to well, I want to win right now. So I appreciate it. We're we're gonna do our mock drafts now, and it stands to reason that I I 100% believe that the Texans will be making trades, moving around, trying to make the most of this draft. If if we have anything to learn from their past few drafts, the first and second round are likely to contribute a starter to the team. Um, So with that, let's let's see which position we think they're going to look for a starter at. I'll bring up my mock draft first. I'm going to add it to the stage. We're running four rounds warp speed. I don't really care what anyone else is picking. I just want to know what's available when I'm picking. We lowered the, the randomness to one. It should be pretty in line with the rankings of this website, which is NFL Draft Buzz, in case you were wondering. For those of you who are listening, we are putting the mock drafts on the screen as we do. Um, We'll try and and do our best to illustrate what we're doing with our words so that you can benefit from this as well. Um, We have trades off, and we're obviously going to be picking as the Texans. Let's go ahead and hit enter the draft. We're doing it. And I'm going to start it up. All right. What is going on? Maybe I didn't click Texans. What's going on? I think I made a mistake. I think I didn't actually pick the Texans. That's insane. All right. Sorry, guys. Technical difficulties, but we're back. I'm going to go ahead and start it up. All right. Here we are. I am now at my pick. Now, I've I've recently sort of had, I don't want to say a change of heart, um cuz i've always to some extent kind of believed that the texans could use their first round pick on a wide receiver there's uh, there's variance on that some people believe the defense needs more help um i've been a guy who generally on my mock drafts has put a cornerback i think that the departure of steven nelson um leads me to believe that the best position the texans can approach depending on who's available um and and looking at it a lot there's been a lot of talk around nate wiggins out of clemson who Went 16th overall in this particular mock draft. Um, Being a guy who could fall, that would be a good pick. Um, And Kamari Lasseter is the guy who is available right now. Um, But I'm going to go receiver with this pick just because that's what I'm interested in displaying this week. Um, Keon Coleman is there, and so is Troy Franklin. Keon Coleman's always been a favorite of mine. But in the interest of what I've been seeing on Texans Twitter and from a lot of draft experts, I'm going to be looking at uh, Brian Thomas Jr. out of LSU. 6'4", outside wide receiver, kind of gives that flexibility. Some people will tell you that that pigeonholes Tank Dell into the inside uh, role or the slot role. I would say, based off the Texans' tendency to use two routes and just understanding how Bobby Slowick conducts the offense, that there could very well be situations where one of Brian Thomas or Tank Dell will be on the sideline catching a breath while he runs the play with two outside receivers or however he's going to do it. I I do think that it's important to give CJ Stroud his weapons. And so I, I'm going to lock in my pick of Brian Thomas Jr. This is the let's make sure CJ can cook approach. Tom, what do you got for me? We're going to switch over to yours.
0: I've basically got a similar situation. Obviously the top available on the board is Bo Nix, but we're not doing that because quarterback is not an issue. Keon Coleman is there. I really think the Texans are going to take the best available guy. I feel like Keon Coleman is flashed. I think people are talking about this guy. And I would imagine with a good combine, it's only going to get louder. So I'm going to lock in Keon Coleman. I am intrigued by Jordan Morgan there, the offensive tackle out of Oregon. I'm sorry, Oregon, Arizona. I apologize. I don't know that you can ever have enough offensive linemen with the Houston Texans after this season because they literally played musical chairs on the entire offensive line all season long. However, I do believe weapons are going to be the thing. Uh, Kamari Lassiter is there, the corner from Georgia. Everybody knows the SEC is big on defense, so that could be intriguing depending on what happens in free agency. Um, But I'm going to stick with the highest, highest rated, highest available, best available pick. And Keon Coleman.
1: Yeah, I that's that's I mean it's a good pickup. I mean I went wide receiver. That was easily a player I could have seen getting picked. There are a lot of mock drafts coming out from X, and then this is as we said at the beginning of this whole mock draft Monday, you know, pursuit. It's really early to be conducting them. We don't really know a lot about what the Texans are doing roster build wise. Um, we haven't seen any re signings yet. Or anyone that would lead us to believe that the Texans, you know, would be going in, in any direction. So we're just going and having fun with this. But a lot of experts that I are not a lot of experts, but I've seen some like Lance Erline drop Keon Coleman out of the first round entirely. And with with seven receivers coming off the board, which is an interesting development to me. Um given, I mean, I'm not an expert, but from what I saw from Keon Coleman in college, watching him play with Jordan Travis, I think that he'd pair really well with CJ Stroud. And I'd also like to point out that to this point, I believe Tom has taken Keon Coleman with his first-round pick every mock draft Monday that we've had so far. So I'm
0: speaking it into existence. I think that guy could be a stud.
1: <laughs> I just thought it was worth mentioning. Tom is 100 percent on the Keon Coleman train, but I don't. I don't hate the pick. I don't hate the pick. I, it's a similar build to Brian Thomas. I think they're both. They're both would fill similar roles. So I have no problem with it. Um, as far as my board goes, I don't really understand what the randomness is supposed to do and we changed the setting and now I'm looking at it and I don't fully understand what I'm looking at because it looks like there's players that would normally be here. that are not like a Tavandre Sweat, um, and, and so on. Jonathan Brooks is literally the most recent guy off the board. Um, as someone who believes the Texans should Signed, Saquon Barkley, in free agency. I probably wouldn't pursue a running back this early anyways. Um, I'm looking, and I'm seeing there's a safety, defensive tackle. I think there's reason to believe the Texans could go linebacker here. I don't think they'll go wide receiver. Um, I mean, I don't know. This is just such a tough pick. Uh, And I really pigeonholed myself by uh, going wide receiver. I think what I want to do here says so 59th pick, I think I'm going to go with, uh, Javon Bullard safety. I think that it's important with the the state of the Texans safety position right now. This is like a high potential replacement for Jimmy Ward, um, either this season or next, depending on Jimmy Ward's health. And so you, this is like them taking a bet on a guy who is likely not going to be a starter, but, has that potential. And it's the same round that Jalen Petrie was taken in. Who knows for all intents and purposes, he could fit in where Jalen Petrie fits, but that's, that's where I intend to go with this pick. And we'll go right back to Tom's draft. Tom, what do you got on the board?
0: Mine looks like yours right now. And um, for me, when I look at the board and I look what's available, I kind of do feel kind of like you did to begin with that linebacker could be the way they the Texans go. You look at the current linebacking situation, Denzel Perryman, free agent, Blake Cashman, free agent. Somebody could come out and offer both of those guys a ton of money. The Texans may want to move on from one or both of them. Um, although I love Blake Cashman. I hope they bring him back. Uh, so Jeremiah Trotter Jr., obviously the pedigree there with the name, you know, played at Clemson. He's, he's, he's highly ranked. I think it would be – right on par with where they're supposed to be. Um, I could see that being a pick they could make to pair with uh, Henry Toa and uh, Christian Harris and really solidify the brain of the defense, so to speak. Obviously, I think D'Amico is going to want to put his stamp on this team and have an elite defense. To do that, he's going to have really good young talent. And I think Jeremiah Trotter Jr. could be that guy in round
1: two. Yeah, I was like – this close to going with him i i really do looking at what i have now i'll bring it up um think that that might have been the move there was you know josh newton from tcu is here at corner i know i went safety with the second pick it just feels weird to go db two picks in a row um and it also feels like josh newton would more closely meet like a, an immediate need understanding that steven nelson is i don't want to say likely gone but of all the players that are free agents, that's one that I'm looking at and thinking, eh, might not be back. Mars um, Leafau is the linebacker available. I, I don't know what it is. I'm just not super high on him. Maybe it's the the Notre Dame. I'm not really sure. Um, I'm looking at this UCLA prospect, G- uh, Gabriel Murphy. I'm gonna visit his profile now. Um, he's defensive line and edge. So he's got versatility throughout. Um, says his sub position is edge rusher, which means he probably plays that more commonly. Um, but let's see, logged 527 snaps. He also added uh, 22 tackles included 38 QB hurries. He had six sacks as a pass rusher. It'd be in- interesting to see six sacks from the, pa- the edge rusher position. But, I mean, I would hope... Based on how they list his position, that he has flexibility inside. But let's see what the weaknesses say. Because you know me. I like to start with the weaknesses. Because he's a bit stiff as an athlete, a transition to 3-4 outside linebacker might be a stretch. Uh, lacks the flexibility <clears throat> and fluidity to bend around the edge. Murphy might be limited to an early down roll. He could stand to move uh, to be more violent as a tackler. In the run game, often allows backs to run through his arm tackles. Also has limited experience dropping into coverage. I don't know, man. I don't know. Let's see. I might be pigeonholed into going with the linebacker from... Uh, let's see. Yeah, I mean, I think... I think that's just kind of what I have. I feel like it, with this third-round pick, it, it makes sense to approach linebacker. It's it's high enough... Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have any other logic. It just feels like the position that's best suited to be drafted at this point. So I'm going to go with, I, I hope I'm saying his name right, but it's Morris Leofau. Um, I'm going to lock it in. All right, Tom, what have you got for us?
0: I've got a very similar board. I've got very similar questions. Um. <laughs> I have a little bit different angle because I don't have to go with the linebacker. I've already made that pick, and I think I got a good one. So I'm really torn between the cornerback Josh Newton out of TCU or Michael Hall Jr., the DT from Ohio State. Obviously, the Texans, we've talked about it at length. You know, The defense is probably going to be priority here. I really feel like when you look at the offense, we feel – I think together that some of the questions could be answered in free agency where I feel like the defense is really going to be attacked in the draft. I know for a while people were wishing that Chris Jones out of Kansas City was going to get paid a ton of money to be a Houston Texan. He'd look really good in the middle of that defense. He said right after the Super Bowl, he's not going anywhere. So
1: You know, his tag number, he's not going to get franchise tagged. He's signing a deal because his franchise tag number for this year would be $33 Yeah, so that is insane.
0: He's going to be there, and that's the only uh, DT that I think the Texans would pursue in free agency. So I pulled up the profile on Michael Hall Jr. Really high motor. Um, the only the only question was you know having short arms. There was so there were some issues there. So I think this is a guy that they could coach up. Um, while I don't have an issue with either the corners that are here i just don't feel like the texans really go out and draft from schools that don't produce that kind of talent right i feel like you saw last year you saw a lot of alabama you saw which i mean D'Amico's from alabama you know he went he played there you saw a lot of sec so i think if it ain't broke don't fix it that's where all the talent is right so I'm going to select, and I know he's not in the SEC, but this is another big program in Michael Hall Jr. at Ohio State. I think that's a guy that could be the pick in round three for the Houston
1: Texans. All right. To, to your point about Power Five schools, and you know, at the time, Houston was not a Power Five school. So, but of the 23 picks that Nick Casario has made as GM. Uh, all 23, based on Houston's current standing as a Big 12 school, have been from Power 5 schools. You would say 22 out of 23 if you, if you want to look at what was happening at the time. I guess in the season that Tank Dell was drafted, the the Cougars were moving to the Big 12, so they had played their last game as a non-Power 5 school um, in, in football. So it it depends on... How you look at it, but that's from I, I believe the name's Jason Braddock, the H Town Football. I, I, if I'm not mistaken, from what I've seen on Twitter, that was a, a person who people liked getting um, Texans football information from before, who has now started another account. But I, I actually don't know. I'm not sure, Tom. Maybe you could fill me in on that.
0: I do know Jason. He's amazing with the draft. Like oh. he's the guy that'll sit down and go from round one to seven, break it all down. Watch tape for hours. Jason. Jason's the dude. So if, if he used to be on, on Sports Talk Radio, he tried to do some stuff with uh, internet radio for a little while. The guy is incredibly talented. Uh, if Jason Braddock said it, I believe it. Let's put it that way. And right, uh, Power sweet. 5 is exactly what I was trying to say. I just didn't say it very well. But yes, Power 5 school. cool.
1: That's fine. That's fine. We got, we got to it. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that Jason Braddock is the one who put out that information um did did the the digging to find that so thank you for that um on my draft board for my first pick in the fourth round so you got a pick 124 and 128 in the fourth round as it stands um i'm looking to fill linebacker and tight end personally now the tight end pick is regardless of if dalton schultz extends this is my way of getting a third tight end potentially tight end two. it depends on how they view brevin jordan I'd say they viewed Brevin Jordan as tight end too, and I, I don't have any reason to believe that that's not going to be the case. But depth at tight end was certainly something that I feel like is is worth addressing in the fourth round.
0: So. Are you out on QT? I, uh,
1: TQ? TQ? QT? T- my bad. I got it back. I mean, him. I think that he. I mean, they maybe they carry Forte. I don't know. Uh, he just hadn't done. What have you done for me lately? I guess is the mentality. I don't really know how to how else to put it. Um but I mean he I don't know they didn't give him the opportunity to step up, they gave it to Brevin and Brevin did it. So that's just I, I would view it as Schultz, Brevin Jordan, and then if the Texans decide to draft a tight end, then TQ is fighting with that guy for a roster spot. That that's what it comes down to. I I, I guess at points they carried four tight ends last season, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did that since technically the third tight end i i don't want to say it's technically a starting spot it's not i mean but if they run tight end heavy sets they're going to want to make sure they have the guys there to handle that but for this first pick so tommy eichenberg shows up as higher but i think i'm gonna oh wait sorry no i took a linebacker last round sorry lost track of myself there for a second i don't think Um, you'd be
0: wrong in taking two
1: linebackers yeah, nothing wrong with it, but it's not exactly what I want to do. Um, good grief. Now I, I've, I've gone and lost the plot. And I and I don't I, – see, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't like my mock draft today. I'm going to finish it out, but I, I made some bad decisions early on. Um, I told you that I wasn't going to pursue a running back, but we're in the fourth round now. So what I think I'm going to do here is I'm going to take Marshawn Lloyd out of USC – as the um, understanding that they may or may not bring back Singletary. Um, Damian Pierce is the only guy on the roster. You know, you get some good value here. I guess I'll check his profile first. Let me see. 5'9", 217. Just like a dual roll back. Can catch passes. Can go ahead and run. You know, just a dual roll guy. Um, Let's see. Um... Oh, so he was at USC and then transferred to USC. And it's funny because I lived in South Carolina for a bit and I grew up, you know, obviously a Texas fan. So to me, USC was always University of Southern California. And then I was in South Carolina and people would say to me, oh, did you catch the USC game? And I'm like, why does anyone on the East Coast care about a West Coast football game? And they're like, no, the University of South Carolina. So... Interesting that he transferred between those two schools. Um, it seems like a lot of his weaknesses are in terms of run block in terms of blocking. So as as a potential role player back, I'm not super concerned. I'm going to go ahead and, and make the pick, Marshawn Lloyd, out of USC. All right, Tom. So where
0: you hate your draft, I absolutely love mine. I think I'm set up pretty well. I feel like corner is the next place I'd like to target. I've got three corners that I can choose from. I've got uh, DJ James out of Auburn. He seems like he, he, uh, I guess he's fallen a little bit based on, based on grades. He's the best available. Also have Chris Abrams drain, which I think we've talked about in previous mocks, Uh quarterback yeah. out of Missouri. Jerian Jones out of Florida State, another Power 5 school. Uh, at this point, I'm just going to take best available. I want to preface before I make this pick. In no sense do I think the Texans take both four-rounders. I think something happens with one of these. 100%. 100% go up, go down, something. No way do I feel like they take both four rounds. I could be wrong, but I feel like this, this, these two picks, one of them will not be made by the Texans for
1: the Texans. I'd, I'd bet money on it. I mean, the odds are probably insane. There's not much profit to be made on that bet because the betting odds are probably incredibly in favor of the Texans making a trade. But I, we're not making trades in our mock drafts because we're not living in reality, I guess. Um, But you're going best player available. Got it. Well, I'm back Uh, here at pick 128. And so I know what pick I'm going to make here. It's tight end. I'm going to Theo Johnson, which is not currently—he's not currently per rankings the best tight end available, but I like what he did at the Senior Bowl, so I'm I'm going with him. Um, I'll bring up his profile briefly. So six-six-two fifty-seven um, is is an inline multi-multi role tight end. Um, rate rates pretty all right in most categories. Um, I would say so his weaknesses. He'll be coming to the NFL from a wide open spread offense um, in which Johnson ran a limited route tree. So that's one thing he's got going against him. Uh, he's a work in progress as a blocker, often playing too high and getting overpowered. I think that his size is is something that, that can be coached up. So it's a fourth round pick. We're not looking for a refined and finished product at this point. Um, and then lacks the bulk strength to lock on and control defensive linemen. Um, lower body strength. Limits his inline blocking. Um, this, once again, it is the pick regardless of if uh, Dalton Schultz is signed back again or not. I will tell you that if Dalton Schultz is signed back, one of them is going to have to get better at blocking. That's for sure. But I'm going to go ahead and lo- lock it in. I'm going with Theo Johnson. All right. Let's take a look, Tom, at your last pick of the draft.
0: So here I had a couple different ways that I could go that I felt good about. Uh, I thought about addressing the offensive line. I think, like I said earlier, you can never have enough offensive linemen. Um, Clearly, there's going to be some movement there. Obviously, I believe they believe Kenyon Green will be able to step into that line. But you're just going to need extra guys. The other move I could make was safety. I looked at Sloan Vakai out of Utah. Didn't like what I saw. Sounded a lot like Jalen Petrie, a hitter, but could get lost in coverage a little bit. So I really don't want to go that way. So I'm just going to go look at offensive line and see what I can get get away with here. Um, you've got some centers. You've got guards. I think guard makes a lot of sense unless you can get a center that can play guard. Um, Ladarius Henderson out of Michigan, Power 5 school, we like that. Um. I don't know that any one of these guys that I pick will be a Texan. I just I, I feel like it'd be like a fifth, sixth, seventh round thing. But for the sake of, you know, condensing our draft, I do believe they will address the offensive line in the draft. So I'm gonna take uh Javion Cohen out of Florida. Again, maybe maybe it's just the power five schoolness. I didn't want a center. They've already got a guy that can play center in uh, Juice Grugs. I think they draft him to be that guy. Maybe they take depth. Maybe one of these guys can play both. That would change that. But for me, I'm going to take this guard because guard is definitely a position that kind of could use some added beef, I guess. Could use another body.
1: Give me a guard. All right. I mean, I agree with you. I think that there's reason to believe that the Texans will – I'd say fourth round or later, pick up a lineman, try and address that. Um, it, we've had this discussion before, but, I mean, my stance on the Texans, fixing the run game is the source of the conversation, but uh, a lot of people will tell you that the O-line was a big part of the problem. Um, I mean, I think that a lot of the problem can be fixed by getting healthy, but there is with pending, impending free agents like George Fant um, and Josh Jones, the Texans could look to shore up the depth, which was very incredibly important to the Texans run this past season, having good depth pieces on the O-line. So I I don't think that's a bad pickup. Um, just to recap, I've got, and I, I stand by that I really just don't like my, my mock draft, so don't hold it against me. Or do, I mean, I'm the GM that decided to do this, made these bad decisions. So fire people, that man! Fire, fire me, if you will. Um, but Brian Thomas Jr., uh, first round. Javon Bullard, safety out of Georgia for the second round. Uh, and, and Brian Thomas Jr., for those who don't know, is a wide receiver. I'll say that for the sake of anyone listening who might not know. Um, Morris Leofau, linebacker at Notre Dame in the s- third round. And then uh, Marshawn Lloyd out of USC. That's University of Southern California. Um, running back. It's going to be fourth round, pick 124. And then fourth round pick, 128, Theo Johnson, tight end, Penn State. I do like a lot of those picks. I just think that it's just the first pick and the last pick that I made I really like. And the three in the middle, I'm just, I don't know. I didn't make a mock draft that I like. But to speak to your point about getting any of these picks right, this is the the fun part of this year for me is the Texans being, and I'm going to pull up your mock draft real quick so you can recap it, but um, the Texans being in a position where, it, like last year, it felt like okay, we we pretty much know what the Texans are going to do. They did shock us with that trade and stuff, but like the number two pick went about as expected, right? There was some debate on who the Texans should take if available, but it, when as soon as Bryce Young came off the board, there was a lot of certainty the Texans were going with C.J. Stroud. um As much as some people, you know, I I had mock drafts where I put Will Anderson Jr. at the number two pick, that you know. That was, that was something that was being floated, but I think the consensus in the league was that C.J. Stroud was going to get picked. Whereas number 23, it's all over the place. I don't think anyone knows what the Texans are going to do with this pick, and so I would be happy to just get that pick right. If I never get any other pick right in a mock draft, I'd be incredibly excited to see the Texans pick whoever I think they're going to pick when I drop my final mock draft uh, at, at 23, if they stay at 23, which is another moving piece. But Tom... You, you had. I can't, I'm sorry, I can't really read yours because my screen's a little smaller, but if you could just recap what you got.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I feel like all of these players can be Texans. I feel like this is a potential look into what Nick Casario and D'Amico Ryans want to do, at least I hope. For me, if if for nothing else, I hope I nail the positions correct. They take a wide receiver, whether it's uh, Brian Thomas Jr. or Keon Coleman at 23. I'll be thrilled because I was in lockstep with them. If they take a linebacker in round you know, two, I'll feel really good about it, even though it's not Jeremiah Trotter. So they may have better scouting than NFL draft buzz or whatever that says this guy over that guy. Uh, but I like what I have. I have Keon Coleman, the wide receiver out of Florida State. I've seen some tape on him. He looks like he could be a stud. I, I wonder if he'll be there. Obviously, combines do things, crazy things. You get guys that weren't first round picks. They become first round picks. You get guys that were fringe, uh, first round picks that become lottery picks. So it just depends. Uh, round two, Jeremiah Trotter Jr. I went with the name, the, the, the pedigree obviously he's at a power five school. Um, his dad was a monster. So I don't doubt that there's a little bit of that dog in him. Round three, Michael Hall Jr., the DT out of Ohio State. Obviously uh, Ohio State, CJ Stroud, maybe they know each other. Maybe maybe that'll be one of those things where it's like he got one of his guys, you know. I think that would only be a good thing. I think it, you've seen in the league. you get guys together from schools and then they just play that much better. They're, they're just more in it for them each other. They play for each other. Uh, Round four, again, I don't believe that the Texans will make both of these picks. But if they do, I could see them going DJ James, the corner out of Auburn. And I could see them taking an offensive lineman of some sorts. I have Javion Cohen here, the guard out of Miami, because guard, I think, is probably the weakness of the offensive line. I believe the tackles are set, I believe, because we don't know what's going to happen at right tackle. We think we know what's going to happen at right tackle. And uh, we'll just have to see how that plays out. And then that would open up a needed guard. And this could be somebody who could fight for one of those positions with Kenyon Green.
1: Well, all right. That has been our mock drafts. I I think that I I like Tom's mock draft a little more than mine. I mean, I, but thank God I'm not the GM of the Texans, man. I, I don't know. I feel like it all went wrong when I went safety with the number two pick. I should have gone uh i think i feel like i should have looked for the next available d tackle and then i could have gone uh cornerback in the in the third and then i either way i felt like my fourth round pick at running back was uh, that was i think gonna be it just based off who was available maybe i could have gone o-line there who knows but uh yeah i mean i actually you know what if i didn't go linebacker in the third i was gonna go linebacker in the fourth so that I those are the ways I would have fixed it, but overall, not the worst possible draft. Just not, not. I don't want people to think that I think that who there's um someone who tweets it out every day. They're like, I am the 2024 Executive of the Year on Twitter, and they put out a mock draft, and I'm like, I don't know, man. Maybe I I don't know. I literally don't know. That's not a knock on him. I'm just looking at the mock draft. Like I could never have that confidence I, I, in my mock draft at this point in the off season, but you'll hear me talk about my mock drafts a little more highly when, when we've got a little more knowledge on what the Texans are doing in free agency. But Tom, do you have anything, uh, anything else to add before we bring this to a close?
0: No, not really. I, I just really looking forward to the free agency period so we can start to understand, you know, what holes are, if any, are available for the Texans And then I think that'll kind of like set the tone for our mocks a little better to be able to kind of identify exactly what Nick and D'Amico could be looking for in these rounds of the draft so that we can give you a better product.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for listening. I have been James Roy and you can find me on social media at M1 Texans fan. That is also the easiest way to find the YouTube channel. Tom is at third coast Tom on Twitter And on Instagram, it's it's tc tom one, tc tom one, on Instagram. He'll probably accept your follow request. He's still on private, but it's okay. I understand it. I understand it. Um, And until next time, thanks for listening. Uh, Stay classy, Houston, and and uh, you know, vamos Texans. Thanks for tuning into The Bullpen, a Texans podcast, part of the Fans First Sports Network. Please like, comment, subscribe, and follow along for more Texans talk from The Bullpen.